This is a Coastal Community Church podcast. For more information about Coastal Community Church, please visit coastalcommunity.tv. Well, good morning, Coastal. How are you guys doing this morning? As you can see, I am not Pastor TJ. Yes, we are both bald-headed. But Pastor TJ did not gain 60 pounds and get an instant spray tan for this week's message, okay? Now, like I really said, my name is Terry. I'm one of the pastors here. I'm excited to be with you. Pastor TJ is actually over in Bradenton right now. He's over there speaking at uh, Bayside Community Church doing all their services. So that means that you guys are stuck with me. All right? Like I really said, I just want to give a quick disclaimer. It doesn't look like we have any kids in here, but if you do have kids in here, we are going to be talking about sex. And, and I really thank uh, Pastor TJ for giving me a heavy message. Yes, he knows I like to lift weights, so he figured I could handle talking about sex. Way to break me in for my first message at Coastal. Amen. <laughs> so, uh, listen, um, as we said, we're, gonna, we're in week two of Too Many Shades of Grey. And, you know, it's kind of fun. We're going to really dive into some, some heavy topics in this series. It's not our, our, our hope that you feel condemned. You walk out of here feeling like, you know, guilty. It's our hope that you walk into freedom. And last week, Pastor TJ talked about the power of confession. Okay? The power of confession, what that really does is it sets us up for the healing that Christ wants us to live in. And this week, we're going to kind of dive in to kind of some things that I, I feel like the church sometimes tends to, to stray away from because it might be a little bit taboo when we talk about sex in church. But it's something that is permeating our culture. It's starting to dive in and weave its way into our culture. And it's, and, and it's beginning to destroy our relationships and our marriages. It's beginning to destroy our relationship with our kids. It's, it's in our schools. It's an epidemic that we're actually facing. And this is kind of an epidemic that we know is maybe pornography or ladies. I don't want you guys to tune out here because when I talk about pornography, the first thing you're like, okay, I'm done. No, but we're not talking about just pornography. We're talking about the sexual addictions. We're talking about those novels, those things that, that draw us away and entice us. See, the things that were so once clearly defined as black and white have become gray. We have so many options on the table nowadays that things become gray. We don't really know what to choose and which way to go. We don't know really what's right and wrong. And, and a lot of us, we live our lives behind closed doors. And that's the name of this message today is behind closed doors. But like I said, we have so many options on the table that we don't know what to choose. And matter of fact, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 23 says it like this. It says, everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. What that's saying is, is that we don't really know. Sin puts a lot of stuff on the table, and it looks good, but it's not going to benefit it. How is it going to benefit us towards our marriage and our relationship and our marriage with these things that are enticing us? Is it going to lead us singles? Is it going to lead us to the type of relationship and the spouse that we want? Is it going to benefit us? There's so many options. What is it going to do? So many of us live our lives behind closed doors. And, and, and last week, that message really impacted my heart. And I had to think about what kind of addiction that I have. And I don't know if this is really appropriate to talk about on stage, but since I'm on a platform, I'm going to do it. My wife and I, for 11 years, have had this addiction. And I really welcome your prayers and your wisdom at the end of service if you want. I, 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 have, I, have, a, I have a secret addiction. And just, just, just one second, uh, let me go in my door here. You guys can't see behind my door.
I and my wife are closet friend freaks. 11 years of bondage right there. Please pray for us. Okay? Listen, how many of you guys watch Friends? Okay, one of my favorite, good, one of my favorite characters on Friends is Monica. Everybody knows that Monica, she's like obsessive, compulsive, like with being clean. Everything has to be neat and everything has to be in order. Monica always has everything done just in perfect, immaculate ways. That's not me. I'm more like Chandler. I tend to mess things up. See, Chandler wanted to find out what, what Monica, what kind of secret Monica has. So Monica had like a closet. Monica had a secret. So let's take a look at Monica's secret. I wasn't trying to open your closet. I wasn't trying to open your closet, I swear. Wow. Monica runs a pretty tight ship around here, doesn't she? What are you doing? Monica has a secret closet and she won't let me see what's in it. Why not? I don't know. What could she possibly be hiding in here that I can't see? I don't know. Ooh. I bet it's Richard. Why would Monica be keeping Richard in here? Well, off the top of my head, uh, maybe she's having her cake and eating it too. You being the cake, Richard being the two. <laughs> or... And here we go. I saw this movie once where there was a door and nobody knew what was behind it. And when they finally got it open, millions and millions and millions of bugs came pouring out and they feasted on human flesh. You know, it wouldn't kill you to respect your wife's privacy. <laughs> Stupid closet full of bugs. <laughs> Not too shabby. I got this all up myself. Using my wife's tools. <laughs> oh my god. How did you get in there? <laughs> You're messy. No, you weren't supposed to see this. I married Fred Sanford. No, Chandler, you don't understand. Okay, 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 fine. Now you know, okay? I'm, you know, I'm sick. No, honey, you're not sick. Look, I don't love you because you're organized. I love you in spite of that. you won't tell anyone yes and look now that i know if i've got some extra stuff lying around can we can we share the closet oh well it's just um i'm afraid you might mess it up <laughs> that's kind of a funny clip but that, that's kind of really how we live our lives like a lot of us are like fred sanford <laughs> You know, we don't want anybody to see what is behind that closet door. And as a matter of fact, we don't even want God to see what's behind that closet, that closet door. And he knows that a lot of us are messed up. But here's the thing. He wants us to be free from these sexual addictions, these sexual immoralities, things that are so entangling us. He wants us to live in the freedom that Christ has set for us. Amen? This is what Christ wants to do for us. It's become, it's become a problem where we get scared to let people in. Or let God in, 
to clean our closet out, but that's what he wants to do. I, as I was preparing this message, I came across a scientific study, and this study was pretty amazing. They spent a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of resources on this study. And the study was to try to find out what day that men most like to have sex on. So as they did this, they did the study, the conclusion they came up with was that men like to have sex. What day? Say it again. Er day, okay? <laughs> but here's the thing. All jokes aside, we, we are really facing a problem, and, and I think that we got to address this today. Listen to some of these statistics. Now, ladies, again, I don't want you guys to tune out because this is, this is a problem for, for ladies as well. When we get into the novels, we get into those romance novels and those type of things that would just draw us away emotionally. And guys, obviously, there's things that we struggle with as pornography and things like that. But listen to some of these statistics. This is just statistics for pornography. We're not, in, we're not including child sex slavery and all that stuff. We're talking about just pornography. Porn revenue in the United States of America is larger than the NFL, the NBA, the NHL, Major League Baseball, Major League Soccer combined. All those sports clubs combined don't equal the amount of revenue that porn brings in a year. Man, if that doesn't blow your mind, I know that you guys have all heard of these companies. Apple, Microsoft, eBay, Amazon, Yahoo, Google, Netflix, all those companies combined do not equal the amount of revenue that porn brings in a year. That's crazy. Check this out. One out of every three visitors that visit adult websites are ladies. So it's not just a guy problem. And this one kind of blew my mind, too, that adult bookstores outnumber McDonald's restaurants. In the United States of America, now you guys know, like, it's golden arches on, like, every corner in the United States. Outnumbered the restaurant, McDonald's restaurant, three to one. And the most popular day to view porn is on Sunday. No wonder we have such a problem in our society. We have to expose this, not to make people feel ashamed, not to make people feel guilty, but in order for us to begin to live in the freedom that Christ desires to live in. Amen? That's what God wants, and that's what God desires, to have a relationship with us. So today I want to do something. I want to expose the process of sexual impurity. Okay, the first thing is we have an opportunity. See, what sin does, sin presents itself as an opportunity. Now, ladies, the devil is a schemer. He's not going to bring in somebody that smells like he just climbed up out of the trash heap to try to tempt you. That's not going to work. Fellas, he's not going to bring some lady in here named Bumquisha that's like two foot two and trying to tempt you. No, see, the devil is smart. He, he knows exactly what you want. He's going to customize that thing specifically to your design, to your master plan. See, we're, we're tempted. We're enticed. We're drawn away by our own evil desires, but there's hope. There's hope in Christ that never disappoints. Amen? So here, here's what Genesis chapter 4 verse 7 says. Sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must master it. And parents, we can't be naive. Before I before I became a pastor here, I used to go into high schools in Miami-Dade County and teach teenage pregnancy prevention. Miami-Dade County is the number one county in the United States of America for new HIV cases between the ages of 13 to 24. 
That says something. We have a problem. Broward County, number three. We have a problem. There's an epidemic that we have to expose and begin to set up safeguards and begin to talk about hope that Christ has for us. We have to understand that there's an opportunity. Sin presents itself as an opportunity. It's always tempting us. We're drawn away. We're enticed. And then what happens? Then we look. Then we look. Well, maybe it was an accident. Well, maybe it wasn't. But the point is, we're drawn away. We've been enticed. And then we bite. We bite. It gets, it gets a little scary because what happens is for guys, let me talk to the men for a minute. For guys, we actually have a chemical release in our brains that when we look at pornography is more addicting than heroin itself. Scientific studies have shown that pornography is more addicting than heroin itself. So when we expose ourselves and we bite on that stuff, it's almost like we begin to lose control. But let me tell you something. This is why we're talking about this stuff today. Ladies, when you get into that romance novel, that one that, you know, is beside your nightstand at night, and you know, you know what I'm talking about. It's quiet in here. Y'all know what I'm talking about. When you start to look at that novel and you escape in there to that relationship, that man who understands the emotions that you're going through that, that wants you, you begin to be drawn away and you begin to become enticed. But see, that's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to steal. He wants to kill. He wants to destroy. And he wants us to make us sexually stupid. Really, he wants to confuse us to what God's intent was for sex. Now we've looked. Now what happens? Now we begin to reason this. We keep playing these images in our mind. We keep, we keep playing these scenarios, these chapters, these scenes in our minds, and we start to justify, we start to reason with them. We say things like, you know what? It's not going to hurt anybody. You know, everybody's doing it. Nobody's going to see me. I, I'm, I'm behind, I'm in my own privacy. I'm behind closed doors. It, it, it's okay. Then we start to reason that thing, and then we start to justify it. We say things like, well, God wants me to be happy. And, well, maybe this is just the proverbial thorn in my flesh. I, I can't control this area of my life. When we say things like, my spouse and I, we haven't had sex in two weeks. I need a release. I don't know. It might be excuse after excuse after excuse that we start to justify this. We're hooked. And that's the thing. We have now fallen for the ultimate plan of the enemy, to fall for his lies. See, John chapter 8, verse 44 says it like this. When he, Satan, lies, he speaks his language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. He, he tells you things like, fellas, that girl on the screen, she wants you. Ladies, that guy that you're reading about in the novel, he understands you. That relationship that you're reading about, that's real. But you understand that's what he's trying to do. He's trying to hook you onto these lies. We have to understand, we have to expose that thing. We have to begin to start to set safeguards up. Here's what happens. We start to reason it. We start to justify it. And it almost becomes impossible not to give in to that temptation. John chapter 1 verse 15 says, Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's fully grown, gives birth to death. Now we start to cycle. Okay. We, we've... We've identified that we have a problem, okay? We've, we've set safeguards up to protect us from these problems. We're making all these good decisions to protect us. We're at the mountaintop here, and then something in life 
happens. Boom. We're back at the bottom. Now we feel guilty. Now we start to feel ashamed. Now we, now we start to hide behind our door. We don't want to let anybody in. This cycle just keeps going on and on until we understand that the power of confession will set you free, that Jesus, he who the Son sets free, is free indeed. Once we start accepting that, understand that Christ died on the cross so we don't have to fight this battle anymore. We can begin to walk in the freedom that he so desires us to have. And if we walk in that freedom, we can start to operate in the, in the calling that God has put on our life. We can start to live in hope. See, Jesus is the hope that never disappoints. Amen? We have to accept that fact that Jesus is the hope that never disappoints. Here's what happens, though. Romans chapter 7, verse 18 and 19 says it like this. For I have a desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I don't want to do, this is what I keep doing. It's like the doo-doo chapter. We feel like doo-doo when we're running, done reading doo-doo chapter. We just we can't figure out what to do. We're, like, we're so confused. We're so frustrated. But here's the thing, man. We have hope, man. I love the fact that God says that no weapon formed against you will prosper. And once we accept that, we have hope. Once we understand that, like I said before, he who the Son says free is free indeed, we can walk in that freedom. We have hope. No matter where you are in the process, there's hope. See, I love the fact that the Scripture says that Jesus is standing at the door knocking. Man, I'll tell you what, if we can let him in, He's going to set us free. Here's what we have to do. I know at Coastal, we're all about giving practical steps, but we love to get apl- give application as well. We don't want you guys just to, to go out of here without having some kind of practical steps, some kind of application. So I, I want to give you a couple things that we can do. First thing, obviously, you know, we have to break the silence, like Pastor TJ talked about last week. But here's five things that we can do right now. Number one, we can, magnif- or, excuse me, we can minimize the opportunity. As a matter of fact, what we have to get real good at is strapping up our Chuck Taylors, lacing up our Nikes, getting our Reeboks, Converse, whatever you wear, strap them up tight and get real good at running. I'm talking about real good. Like, not just like, you know, slow. I'm talking about real good, okay? Matter of fact, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22 says like this, Run from anything that stimulates youthful lust. Instead, pursue righteous living, faithfulness, love, and peace. So how do we do that? Well, very simply, guys, go home. That secret stash is behind the toilet or under the bed or wherever you keep it, in the closet. Get it, throw it away. Listen. If you have a problem on the computer, there's great resources out there. Triple X Church. TripleXChurch.com has great resources for you to set filters on your computer. If you travel for business, whether you're a guy or a girl, listen, be aware of where you're going after meetings. Be aware. If you can't take somebody on the road with you, you can't take your spouse with you, be aware where you're going. Understand where they want to go. They're trying, you know, sometimes when you go back to the hotel room, don't turn on that channel. You know what I'm talking about. Y'all quiet in here. Don't turn on the channel. Set these safeguards up. But one of the things that you can really do that's most beneficial and probably the best way to do it is fast and pray. Fast and pray because when we deny ourselves, we allow God to start to do that work in our lives. So fast and pray. So we look. We, have, we minimize the opportunity. Proverbs chapter 5 verse 8 says this. Keep to a path far from her. He's talking about an adulterous woman. Do not go near the door of her house. So we, we have to minimize the opportunities. 
Number two, we have to monitor our eyes. Why is this so important? Understand the eyes are the entry to your soul. And whatever you let into your eyes begins to filter and begins to nourish whatever you're letting in. Matthew chapter 6, verse 22 and 23 says, The eye is a lamp of the body. If your, eye, if your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your, if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is the darkness? Our eyes are the entry port. We have to guard those things. As a matter of fact, Job recognized this, and he said in Job 31.1, I made a covenant with my eyes not to look lustfully upon a woman. So we have to understand we have to minimize the opportunities. We have to monitor our eyes. And the third thing we can do, we can magnify the consequences. I think this is a really important step. As a matter of fact, in one of my Bible studies I was doing with some guys that I do, I talked about this. I talked about magnifying the consequences. We have to rehearse the consequences of sin. Don't rehearse the sin. <laughs> rehearse the consequences of sin. We have to play the story forward. And for some of us, that might be, I know what I did is I said, okay, what are some consequences in my life that I would rehearse? I thought about, what if my wife found, finds pornography on my computer? What's that going to do? It's going to destroy some trust in our relationship. What if my kids find this on the computer? I've just stolen a piece of their innocence. Some of you might be, what, what if your boss calls you in on Monday morning, you got to rehearse these consequences, and says, hey, listen, Billy Joe Bob, I have found something on your computer that compliance has sent to me, and this is obviously part of, against our policy, we're going to have to let you go today. Magnify these consequences. We have to think about some of those things because it's really important to play the story forward because Proverbs chapter 22, verse 3 says it like this. A prudent man, that means a wise man, sees danger, takes refuge, but the simple, they just keep going. <laughs> they just keep going. So we have to magnify these consequences. 2 Corinthians 10, chapter, uh, chapter 10, verse 5 says, we destroy every proud obstacle that keeps People, uh, keeps people from knowing God. We capture the rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. So we have to magnify the consequences. Number four, other steps that we can do is we manage our life with accountability. Now, what does that mean? Oftentimes we hear that, and it's kind of a business term, but what's crazy that in the church, one out of ten people don't have somebody to hold them accountable. I have a guy in Minnesota, one of my great friends, he gets in my business. Like, I'm talking about raw with it. If I'm quiet, he makes me talk. If I'm talking, he makes me shut up. I'm telling you, he gets raw with it. And I think that's so important that we have somebody that we can trust in our lives that can hold us accountable in these areas that we're struggling with, these sexual addictions that we might be struggling with because God intends for us to be free in this area. So what does a good accountability partner look like? So I put some things here. A good accountability partner looks like this. Someone who you can meet with regularly. We try to meet every Monday. If we can't meet on Mondays, we text, we call each other, we talk about when we can meet, we get on the phone, we make sure we can meet. Somebody that you can meet with regularly. Another thing is someone you can expose all your weaknesses to, not some, because sometimes we're really good at hiding. Like Monica, we got everything clean out here, but behind there, Fred Sanford's, you know what I'm saying? So someone you can expose all your weaknesses to. Another thing, someone who you can express all your dreams, your goals, and your desires to. Another thing is someone who, you can, who can pray aggress aggressively for you. Somebody who's going to have your back. And the most important thing, I think, out of accountability partner 
is someone who can keep confidence with. That means they're not going to share your junk, and you're not going to share their junk. You guys are going to be straight up, one, straight up with each other and real with each other so that way you can have each other's back. Because Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 10 says, if, if one falls down, his friend can help him up. But pity the man who falls and has no one to help him. Number five, the fifth point here, we have to make a commitment to God's standards. Psalms 119 and 9 says this, how can a young man keep his ways pure? By living according to God's word. See, here's the thing, friends. I know this is a little bit of a heavy message today. Talk about sex, talk about addictions to pornography and to these novels and these things. I, I know that that's been heavy, but here, God created sex for husband and wife to enjoy, for intimacy, for realness, for connection. And I know some of you may not be struggling with this in your life, but some of you might be like I was and struggle with this. I don't want you to think that you're alone, number one. No matter where you are, don't feel like you're alone. There's more people than you think that are struggling with this, guys or girls, it doesn't matter. But the beautiful thing is that once we surrender to God and say, Lord, I, I need help, this is what Jesus is doing. Jesus is standing at the door knocking. He loves you. The thing is, he wants to come in. He's not going to force his love on you. He loves you regardless. No matter what junk is behind that door, but he's just standing here saying, hey, listen, I'm standing at the door knocking. I want to come in. Will you let me in? Some of you may not even have a relationship with God yet. What does that, what does that even mean? Some of you may have never said, Jesus, I, I want you to to come into my heart. I want you to, to take control of my life. I, I need help. Some of us have never really got vulnerable with God. But as we surrender, as we open this door, even if it's a crack, we can start to experience the freedom that Christ has for us. Let's bow our heads. This is a Coastal Community Church podcast. For more information about Coastal Community Church, please visit coastalcommunity.tv.